It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They may sound nuts, so do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into It's Just Sports here on the 12-Ounce Sports Network. Check out everything 12-Ounce Sports has to offer over at 12OunceSportsNetwork.com and at 12OZ Sports on Twitter. And if you just can't get enough of this absolute nonsense, you can follow your boys at Asylum Football. Uh, not asylumfootball at gmail.com, but it's just sports123 at gmail.com and get all the show, show uh, let's try that again, and all the show archives, that shouldn't be that hard to say, over at asylumfantasysports.com. Rick, I think the cabin fever's got me. I can speak even uh, less eloquently than normal. It's either that or the booze. I don't know what it is, but uh, you sure didn't go through that real smooth. But we are Flager and Briggs, and it's just sports. We're still practicing safe broadcasting in two separate studios, which really sucks. When can we and, stop uh, doing this, Rick? I'm done with it. I'm not real sure. I'm not. I don't know what's going on. It's getting old. It's getting redundant. It's tiresome. The quality's not good. Um, yeah, and we can't even really bring any on any guests because of you know our limitations through the studios here. So it, it's just negatives the whole way around. Well, know this, Rick. Studio B is open whenever you're ready to come out of hiding, crawl out from underneath that rock. You can uh, put on your gas mask and just go ahead and roll on in here, and I'm not scared one little bit. Yeah, I can sit down there and. What did you say, Rick? I can't take my mask off. Sorry. Ironically, that's what I hear when you talk anyhow, as I presume most of our <laughs> listeners as well. So uh, we're going to start a little something this week we'll get into later in the episode where we're just going to sort of preview every NFL division. It seems like the one sport that's likely to go off reasonably close to on time and reasonably close to normal, I hope. So we're going to keep beating that drum until the other sports get going. But, uh, Rick, we did have some live sports over the weekend. Curious what you thought, starting with uh, Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson beating Ricky Fowler and something called Matthew Wolf. I was unaware of him until this weekend. And a one-hole playoff at something called the TaylorMade Driving Relief at Seminole. I'm sure you were glued to the set for that one, Rick. Um, I hate to say it, but I missed it. Um <laughs> It did. I excuse me. I did see some highlights. You know, it, it's real, really akin of the old skins game and everything they used to, that gimmick they tried. And you know, quite frankly, it's not my cup of tea. So I really had no use for that. I I don't miss sports that badly to watch a foursome carry their bags around and play some stupid skin game. Quite frankly, uh, the the race Darlington. You know, we talked about this before we come on show. I really think NASCAR can get away with it. I mean, once those once those cars start going around the oval, the fans are invisible anyway. It really doesn't matter. So, I mean, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah, that that one, like like we talked about, it was weird at the beginning, right? They they do the driver introductions, they do the national anthem, they have Hootie Darius Rucker do it via Zoom or Skype or, or something, and then it was dead silence. But then once they fired off the engines and they went, and and that's good if you're a NASCAR fan, and I'm kind of a a fallen NASCAR fan. I was real big into it for a lot of years and slipped out, but now with nothing else going on, I'm willing to come back in. We got another race Wednesday night again at Darlington and then head to Charlotte this weekend. So NASCAR giving you a little something. I, I like, like you said, I didn't feel like we missed much there. The, 
The broadcast was about normal. There seemed to me to be a bit of a delay because of stupidity. They have Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon not at the track. They have them sequestered in a bathroom somewhere back in Charlotte. That was dumb. You really can't bring those two dopes and put them up in that tower where there's nobody there. That That's dumb. They're, we're going to get into more of this stuff. This stuff's just going too far. The golf, Rick... You, we talked about again. We we have we ought to start recording early because it seems like the more interesting conversations happen before we go on the air. But but before we went on the air, you said you know how important and how the a crowd does make a difference at a golf event, and I agree it does. But I I think this thing could have worked. I think golf can work. It's not going to be as good. It's not going to be the same, but golf can work without fans. The problem with this one is it's one group. I've never been a big fan of skins anyhow. I'd rather just see them play stroke golf, but even set that aside, it was just one group, and you talk about downtime, and then they didn't fill the downtime with a lot of specials, a lot of retrospectives. It was just commercials, and I know they were trying to raise money, but good God, I only made it about four holes. I was all excited, then the race came on, and I'm truthfully, I never went back to it. It just it, it, the golf was fine. The course was awesome. I, I don't think I'd ever seen Seminole before. I'd hope that they do a do a uh, U.S. Open or something there. Do a well, major at some point. I, I don't know really when that changed. To be honest with you, Rick, because Seminole used to be one of these courses. They never had anything. Uh, they were approached for major titles, uh, regular golf tournaments. They never had that. And I don't know when it changed. I know, obviously, when I was down south, it was it was that way. As a matter of fact, there's an interesting little story about Seminole. When I was going to college in Florida, in Lake City, I worked at this uh, local country club to supplement my living. And um, I was talking to the pro there at, at um, the country club, and he was. We had gone on tour on our one of our classes in the golf in the golf program and one of them was to Seminole. And we we learned all about how they didn't have anybody come to Seminole for any reason as far as tournaments and so forth. Like I said, I don't know when that changed. But anyway, now this is years and years ago. This is like 1981, 82, somewhere along along there. And I was telling the pro about going to Seminole, and he says, yeah, he said he went to play Seminole. It was a couple of months before. And he, it was at the time, it was like 85 bucks. I mean, you're talking, what, pushing 40 years ago. Yeah, almost, 1981. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. big. And he says, so I pulled my wallet out, and I presented my PGA card. See, back in the day, you pull, you show your PGA card or your – like I showed him a superintendent's card. Oh, go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, he said, I pulled my PGA card and gave it to the pro. And he goes, well, that's nice, Mr. Pottle. That was his last name. He goes, uh, Mr. Nicholas was here last week and he paid his $85. <laughs> he said, I just stuck it back in my wallet and gave him a credit card. Yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no argument for that. So, I mean, it's not going to be as good, but I think golf's going to work. It was just, this was a bad format. It was nice what they did. They raised over $5 million for these mysterious COVID charities. We're raising all these billions of dollars. I don't know where any of this money's going. Do you, Rick? Has anybody said specifically, here's what we're doing with all this money? Subaru said they donated 30 million meals somewhere. Yeah, where? But I don't know where and what were they? A bloody yeah. sandwich, a potato chip? I have no clue. I mean, 30 million meals, I mean, even if it was $5 a piece, you're talking $150 million that, that all of a sudden Subaru's just giving away? I don't think so. No, I'm Come thinking on. it's more 30 cents a meal. These are like the school lunches. I And look, this is all great, and I hate to be cynical, but, you know, the NFL raised a billions of dollars, at least the way they acted during that draft. These guys raised $5 million yesterday in an unwatchable golf tournament. And it's just, where the hell is all this money going? I don't, I know. it's not like, look, you think back to 9-11, right? And all the money was going to the, the families. And th that made sense. There was some, who are you handing this money to? This is a global pandemic that hasn't yeah. affected 99.5% of us. Where, where the hell's all this money? <laughs> 
I got to quit yelling that. I've said it eight times now. I'm repeating myself. But I, I find a redundant question, but I, I don't. I have no clue. I find and myself right. yelling. I don't like at, to be cynical either, but this is. Yeah, I mean, every commercial you see, every show you see, every we're donating literally millions, tens of millions of dollars to some relief fund. Yeah, and but I, you know, I never see the relief fund saying. Look, we're we're handing a sandwich to a kid, or look here here's some masks for this hospital, or yeah, just, we bought forty two ventilators, or whatever the case may be. You don't see any of that kind of stuff. You never see any program saying this is what we're doing with these hundreds of millions of dollars that have flowed down the pipeline that you and I have no clue where it went. <laughs> None. And look, they don't owe me an explanation, but one. Yeah, and in the, in the commercials, let me put a little PSA out here, and this is going to be kind of the theme of the early part of the show. If you find yourself in the western Pennsylvania area and you happen to come across me, and if you in any regard, like every television commercial, like the first sentence of every newspaper article, like the first sentence of every news broadcasts to start out anything with in these unprecedented times or in these challenging times i'm going to punch you in the throat i'm tired of hearing this this is stupid i'm done with it we get it it's unprecedented it's unparalleled it's on all kinds of crap i'm, I'm done with it stop saying it whoever came up with it whoever came up with social distancing i'm going to find you when this is over and i'm kicking your ass whoever came up with that term i'm tired of hearing it all i i'm, I'm done with it and you okay boomer and the karen people i've had it with you too but maybe we'll get into that later and let, let's throw in we're we're Alone together. Oh, good God. Don't well. get me started that, on that. That's always a beauty, too. <laughs> Alone together. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Or or, may, or maybe I can have you know, Drew Barrymore sitting in her mansion saying, <laughs> we, we will get through this together. Um, no, we won't. No, no. You'll you be sit there. You'll sit there and look in the mirror and cry because it's so tough on you. <laughs> Meanwhile, old fat-ass Rick's going to work every day. <laughs> And coming home. Oh, I, I've just had it. So, so Rick, while I'm angry, Major League Baseball. And this is this is Flieger and Briggs at their best. Yeah, yeah. This so, would be better in person. This is why we're gonna get you back in studio. We'd be, we'll have to wear masks. We'd be spitting all over each other and smacking into the microphones, as tends to happen. So while I'm angry, Major League Baseball puts out a 67-page proposal. I don't even think they have that money uh, stuff worked out, but I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm tired of that conversation when it comes to baseball. 67-page reopening plan. Here's some of the brainchilds in this thing, Rick. I know you mentioned before the show you hadn't seen it yet. I just pulled out some of the highlights. This thing is literally 67 pages and goes on forever. No showers, no spitting, no high fives. No fist bumps, temps taken every day, washing your hands every half inning, players not in the nine or ten person lineup. They haven't addressed where the starting pitcher counts since it's going to be all DH all the time. But players not currently in the lineup, socially distanced in the stands and not allowed in the dugout. Listen, I want baseball back. I want any type of live sport back. If we are this concerned, oh, Rick, the one I left out, if more than two players, more than two, so if they, like, turn a 4-6-3 double play and three players have touched the ball, the ball. they exactly. have to throw that ball out of play. Now, look, I yeah. know they throw the ball out of play after every pitch anymore, it seems, but if we have to go to this level to play, don't do it. Don't just no. This is stupid. This is ass. I'm gonna have my backup catcher sitting in section 247 drinking a beer. What the hell is this nonsense? They can't shower at this. We're going to test them three days a week, right? We're we're going to make them wear masks. We're going to check their temperatures. We're going to do all that shit, and still they're not going to be allowed to be anywhere near each other. Scrap it. If this is what we have to do, and this goes for college football, for the NFL, for everything. If this is what we have to do don't do it i'm sorry this is ridiculous yeah if, if it's that you know close in real danger then what what are you thinking i mean if it is that serious you, you're lunatics yeah i i agree 100 just don't do it there's nobody going to be in the stands right yeah well certainly maybe those exactly. sex dolls from south korea but well, not any well, real well, people we, we can get into that later but there's <laughs> nobody going to be in the stands Nobody can sit together in the dugout. Okay, here, here's the thing. 
Um, what about, okay, now, they're going to be playing in a stadium, dead silent. Now, the coaches, say like, say like the manager comes out to the pitcher. Okay, the catcher always comes out for a conference. Now you have a three-way conversation. They have to be six feet apart. How in the hell are they going to say anything without everybody in the whole stadium hearing what they're talking about? You'll be able to hear it from your house in PNC hey. Park, for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and yeah, you, you can get off, you know, call me boomer, whatever you want. But I thought it was ludicrous. Look, these are grown men. Number one, when they stopped the chewing tobacco and all this other nonsense back in the day, I thought that was ludicrous. Right. And but now it's it's getting to the point they can't even play the game. They they have to more than two people touch a baseball. We have to take it out of the game. Why? <laughs> if they tested that clown on second base, he didn't have it. What's going to happen between the pitcher, him, and the first baseman? Right. I, I, it's it's ludicrous. It's insane. Well, in your point is dead on, Rick. It's the fact that if you believe. If you believe Major League Baseball or whoever's making these decisions that, that it's that dangerous that right. these precautions need to be in place, then not for me and not for a, making it hard to watch, in reality, you should not be playing the games. If exactly. this level of nonsense has to happen for you to do it, it shouldn't be happening. Now, here's the problem. Here's what this thing is, Rick. This is the this is kowtowing. I'm going to say some things here you're not supposed to say. So, you know, disclaimer, this is Rick Flieger specifically, not it's just sports, not Rick Briggs and not the 12-ounce sports network. But the, the, this is kowtowing to these hens on social media who every time somebody says something like, "Boy, I hope they can play college football this year," says Oh yes. Well, you understand that it's not the it's not the athletes you have to worry about. It's the athletes catching it and taking it home to grandma. So if you want to watch football, you're trying to kill your grandma. And I wear my I wear my mask and and I and I wash my hands and I don't go anywhere. Well, yes, my husband's still getting paid six figures a year, but that doesn't make me any better. And so I don't go out anywhere. And when I need groceries, I order it from the grocery store and they deliver it to me. So the poor people have to go out and I don't have to go out. But that's different because there's only one of us out instead of two of us out. And all these people, we're kowtowing to them to get them to shut up long enough to make it a PR-wise feasible for this thing to happen. This is all this is. They know this is bullshit, too. I know I'm doing a lot of cursing today, so sorry, 12-ounce sports, but this is where I'm at. This thing is nonsense. It's this motion. You know what this is, Rick? You know what's happening right now with this coronavirus and this response of people, especially social media response? This is part 2.0 of that stupid ice bucket challenge a few years ago. You remember that where every idiot was dumping a bucket of cold water over his head? I remember I did it. We did it for the show. I don't know who we agreed to do it for. And everybody thought everybody thought they were a hero. I'm solving ALS. Although they then they didn't donate a darn dime it would just take dumping water over their head these are these people on social media who have no value to society whatsoever they're awful shrewish house frows who think they're heroes by sitting on their fat ass at home and ordering their chipotle chipotle through uber eats and i'm saving the world and i'm going to admonish you yes you you troglodyte who is worried about feeding his family i'm going to admonish you while i'm sitting here having my Taco Bell delivered by some $6 an hour kid in a mask. I'm the hero now. I can assign myself hero status and I look down upon you. She needs to shut up and if this is the person you're catering your professional sports league to, don't do it. Rick, I'm not interested. Me either. (laughs) Thanks for that follow up. What What am I going to do? Follow up? I just sit here and enjoy myself. I mean, this is great. I get ready to you know, start reading a book or something. I didn't figure you were even going to take a breath. <laughs> well, I got tired. I, I ran out. I'm but, just so well said. I, I agree. And, and no, it's not just Rick Flieger talking. I agree 100%. It, it's, it, it's ludicrous that billion-dollar industries are so afraid. And, and another thing, too, Rick, that does fit into the equation are lawsuits. Because you know, as soon as one grandma gets this stuff, when the when the sports start, 
and they can trace some sort of relative back to one of the players. You're right. You're right. Or a coach or a trainer or whoever the case may be. Oh, lawsuit time. You know, reckless endangerment of grandma. And some hotshot lawyer is going to want to hop on that bandwagon and see if he can make a name for himself and make get a multi-million dollar lawsuit going so he can get a partnership in the firm he's at and then be one of these shrews with a six-figure income the next time we have a pandemic and he can order his Taco Bell in, you know, from Walmart so they can sit there and be heroes. Being a hero. I'm alone together. I'm heroic. It, we'll get we'll get through this together. Yeah, horse, horse malarkey, I tell you. But here's but what it all comes down to, to round it all back up. If it's that big, even the lawsuits, if that's a concern, then don't do it. As much right, as I exactly. want it back, then don't do. It. I mean, you look, Rick. The NFL facilities opening up tomorrow, supposedly, fifty percent staff, no more than seventy-five people, and nobody actually involved in the day-to-day football operations, such as coaches and oh, I don't know, players. What? what did, what's the point so of this? So, for for the sake of argument or for sake of discussion, okay, half staff. All right, so I, I can see some of the maintenance crew coming in for fields and whatnot, right? you know, cleaning up facilities. But if there's no players and there's nothing to do with regular operations, who else is going to be there <laughs> other than rehabbing players? You know, which is like on the Steelers, it's like Ben Roethlisberger. So some trainer comes in, plugs in the bubble bath, he gets in, sits there, and goes home. I, I, I'm really at a loss of trying to figure out what this staff is going to do if there's no coaches, no players, and like we already covered, I mean, you figure other than some facility maintenance and caretakers, who is there? Right. Yeah, I don't. You know, there's support staff everywhere, but they support the GM and the coaching staff and the training staff. If none of those people who were supporting are there, what do we need all the support staff for? Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. I have no idea. It, it sounds ludicrous. It's just yet another, I don't know, fantasy plan. I, I really don't know what else to call well, it. Well, I think what it is again, Rick, it's the NFL feeling like they have to float this out here and see what the public reaction is going to be so then they can make the next move. It's just if, if you're going to do it, do it because football is going to be messy. It's all going to be messy. But when you look at California where they've said, no, we're not even considering anything till 2021. If you look at Philadelphia, you're not going to be able to play games in some of these places. They need to start talking well, about exactly. that. I know. They need to start talking about that sort of thing. I I don't know. I mean, college football is already, to me, shot in the foot. They were talking about, well, we'll only have conference schedules. Well, if if you have Stanford, Cal, UCLA, and USC not playing, how are you going to have a conference schedule in the Pac-12 for crying out loud? Because Arizona will just play Arizona State ten times. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe got the Washington or something. But, I mean, you know, that's just one example. And then some of maybe some of the other smaller conference. Well, you have Rutgers in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, forget about that. Exactly. And you know the Ivy Leagues. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's really strange how they're trying to piece this together, where it just makes no sense. In, in college, I almost can understand because number one, they start a little bit earlier, but you're, you're dealing with college athletes and. They're, they're kids going to school. Very few of them are going to end up in the NFL. So, you know, a, a, even a Division One player that plays for whoever, Miami of Ohio, has no chance of making to the pros. You know, do you really want your kid exposed to that kind of risk while he's just supposedly getting an education? You know, granted, it's probably paid for. Right. But, you know, I don't know. It's It makes more sense for college, but pros either do it or don't. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, my thing with college football, and again, this is where I get myself in trouble, all the Karens I'm doing, the air quote thing in the world, all the, the Corona bros, as I've heard other people call them, don't get after me. If I'm a parent 
of a Division One football player. I am way more afraid of concussions and risk of injury and that type of thing with my kid than I am a coronavirus for an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid in right. terms of the long-term effects of that. Where it is different is, number one, the college environment's obviously different. And number two, at least in the pros, that's a professional making a professional decision what to do, right? These kids have no recourse. They're not getting paid. Yeah, they're getting their education paid. We're not going down that road. But they're not getting paid. This isn't their career. So you're essentially forcing them to go play football as all the, the rest of the world isn't going on. And I think more than any other sport, Rick, College football, if we can't have fans in the stands, if we're if I'm watching Alabama oh. Auburn with nobody in the building, don't even, I'm not even turning it on. I'm not interested. No thanks. No, I agree 100. percent You know, Tennessee, LSU, whatever you you pick, you know, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, you yeah. can pick any kind of rivalry you want, and it's it's useless to even play the game without the fans. I agree. Same with college bet. Basically, college sports. Period. You know, I am. Basketball. When you look at some of the news coming out today, I'm almost convinced Rick college basketball isn't going to happen. Just right before we went on air, both South Carolina and Notre Dame announced they're skipping fall breaks and they're sending the kids home. They're basically wrapping up the first semester before Thanksgiving because I guess they're afraid that's when that second wave is going to hit in mid to late November, which that's right at tip time, Rick, of college basketball. I'm almost to the mind, unless something dramatic happens between now and November, there isn't going to be a college basketball season. No, I I agree. In so many cans of worms, you look at like the NFL, you can't really force people to work in this environment. I mean, you know, that just comes like even like where I work and so forth. If you don't feel safe, you don't have to come to work. Well, that that's all well and good until you're talking about five starters on the Green Bay Packers don't want to show up where everybody else shows up on, say, the Rams or whatever the case may be, and they play each other. And, well, this ain't fair. Right. You know what I mean? Time out. What are we going to do? Is it, well, you know. That's the there's another thing that they have to work their way through because I've already heard professional athletes say, Well, you know, we're not doing baseball was one of them. I forget who the player was. I'm not playing. Blake Snell, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. So I mean, yeah, there's so many things to work through. And, you know, I I don't know what the answer is. I, I think baseball, basketball, and hockey are scrapped for the year. I think baseball is ridiculous. They may play it, but I won't be watching, I'm sure. And college football, I don't know. I mean, NFL is the last vestige we have right now. Yeah, I think. Other than and the PGA. Yeah, I think it's clear the NFL is going to play. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where these California teams are going to play. There, there's going to be those things. I don't for one minute fear that as long as the statement is, and I assume this would how it work, would work even under the CBA, you know, that this game is happening. You can certainly choose not to play if you don't feel safe, but you don't get your game check. I don't foresee any player, not one player saying, I'm scared of this virus. I'm going to skip, sit out on this game. I don't see it. It's it's going to have everything the NFL's demonstrated. It's going to happen one way or the other. It's not going to be as good, obviously, if there's no fans in the stands, but it's going to happen. So I think I guess that's why we got to keep talking about NFL. Speaking of that, more of a fear than the coronavirus is that every single player in the NFL is going to be in prison, Rick, after what we saw last weekend. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Where's the Judge Walker music? Honest to Pete, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? What was it, Oliver's weapons charges or something nonsense like that? Um, yeah, he had I a DWI and carrying a concealed weapon. Right. Redskins Cody Latimer, assault and discharge yeah. of a firearm, and then DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar doing their best, yep. uh, what do you call it, Bonnie and Clyde impression at a party. <laughs> it's, the quarantine affects everyone, Rick, and people are going nuts apparently. Yeah, I – it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, and and, and they're at parties. Yeah. <laughs> where schmucks like us are sitting around our deck by ourselves, you know, and yet they're out having fun robbing people. Yeah. So, I mean, I, go figure. I'm going to go rob somebody. So, speaking of the NFL, Rick, I'm – Did you see – Oh. Did you see down in um, 
Oh, where was it? Uh, but anyway, it was in North Carolina, I believe. And no, it was Virginia, I believe. Anyway, one of them two. Two, two fellows got uh, arrested for trying to rob a sheets and a sheet store for those, you know, in the area that, that there's no sheets. It's like a convenience store that had just about everything, gas, everything. Fine dining. Oh, yeah. They tried to rob it and they they had hollowed out watermelons for a mask. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were caught on camera with these watermelons on their head with these little holes <laughs> for eyes. And, and they were called the melon heads robbers. Well, of for, course. You know, and then, of course, they got caught in a stolen car, of course. And how'd the police find him? How do you identify a guy in a, with a watermelon on his head? <laughs> Maybe they forgot to take him off. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> oh, I'd no love idea. it. They're speeding down the highway. They still got the watermelons on. Their <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was crazy. I, I thought that was hilarious. Oh, uh, so so more news, Rick. The NFL going to uh, vote this week on a new uh, minority hiring proposal. I'm sure you have some. Uh, have some strong opinions on this one. Uh, if a team hires a minority head coach, they move up six spots in the third round. Hire a minority GM, you move up ten spots in the third round. Hire both in the same year, 16 spots, and even if that pulls you up into the second round. This is always a sticky wicket, Rick, when when race gets involved. But uh, go, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, Rick, this isn't even a sticky wicket. This is nothing but um, asininity to an extreme. It's there are so many loose ends and pitfalls to something this stupid that you can't even begin to cover it. And you know, we we can start off right now with oh, and don't forget that if if they keep a minority coach or GM for two years, you move up four. Oh, I didn't even see that part. Yeah, if you don't fire one within two years, you get a bonus as well. Now, number one, and this is, look, I, I agree everything should be equal across the board, but it, it, look, these owners, everybody always wants to say these old white billionaires, in which I, you know, granted the majority of them are, I understand that. But these guys want to win Super Bowls, whereas I think the last time I looked, it was like 67% of players in the NFL were minorities. Right. Well, the, the whole problem is they want to win. I don't think that they care if somebody had three heads and was green, if they thought that they were the best coach for the job. And your your Eric Bieniemy's and some of these guys that have come to to the subject of, of being passed over in the last year or so. Granted, yeah, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, um, but it, it's a difference between yeah. Josh McDaniels is a good example. I mean, there's a difference between a guy that can call plays. Todd Haley's another great one, or a, a, a leader of men. Uh, yeah. Chuck Noll, a leader of men. Tom Landry, a leader of men. Bill Belichick, a leader of men. Totally different from calling some plays on, on a chalkboard. Now, when it gets to, say you are Eric Bieniemy now, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and whoever, pick a team. You know, the Chicago Bears say, we want to hire you. First question to Eric Bieniemy, it comes through his head, Why? Am I the right guy for the job, or they want to move up and pick and get somebody? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? That's what I worry about. And what's the first question going to be asked of him at about every press conference? Right, right. Who's going to be under the microscope? The minority coach that everybody is fawning over to get this job, and they're going to question every move he makes. They're going to question every decision, that every draft pick the team makes. And it, it just goes on down the line. I, I just don't see where any of this kind of nonsense can make any sense and work out for the better of anybody. It's bad for minorities. It's bad for the league. It's bad for all the teams. 
and there's no way that they, they can ratify this. Nah, I mean, first of all, before before I give my thoughts on this, Rick, I, I'm petitioning you and 12-Ounce Sports. I would like to change the name of this show from It's Just Sports as we are currently to, let me make sure I quoted you correctly here, asininity to an extreme. If that, if that anything sums up this show, you nailed it unwittingly right there. That's fantastic, number one. Well, thank you very much. So, so, so here's the thing. This is one of those road to hell is paved with good intentions type, type of scenarios, the way I see this. It is jarring in a league that, as you mentioned, that is upwards of 70% minority in terms of the players, just how low the number of minority head coaches and GMs are. And, and the, the league is right to want to try to – Figure out why there isn't more of a balance. I also agree with you that that really I can't believe that minority head coaches and executives aren't being given opportunities if owners believe that, you know, that they're – It gives them the best chance right, to win. Yeah, it, it, they're not passing. Now, now, I think what you do – this is where the Rooney rule made sense. It hasn't worked out, I think, quite as well – is they wanted it. I think you tweaked that. I think all you can guarantee is the league, because maybe there is, you know, folks talk about a unconscious bias. You, you know what I mean? Where none of these owners are even, I think, consciously thinking. They'd certainly never say it. They're not consciously thinking, you know, that I like this guy, but he's black, so I'm not even going to. I don't think that, but maybe there is some unconscious bias. I don't know. I, I read that enough to believe it's a possibility. You believe it's a possibility, but but you almost have to step back with with you know a clear lens and look. And I just can't imagine. Look, I mean, we go back I don't know how many years ago where a, a black quarterback was unheard of. That's been in my lifetime, Rick, where that you was don't even news. Think about it, right? You don't think about right. it any longer. And and I don't remember any owner ever saying. Gee, give me that slow, fat, flat-footed white guy for running back because this black guy's too good. I, I just, it just right. seems bizarre to me that um, a, a team sport like that, and, and you watch football is a football is probably in hockey to me is is the preeminent team sports. Those guys live and die together, right? And you know, hockey not so much with the minorities. I understand that, but but from a multinational True. standpoint, you know, it doesn't matter if two if you know there's a there's a Russian on one team and a Russian on another. That guy gets in in Sid Sid's face on the Penguins. You can bet um, Malkin's going after Ovechkin. Right. What I'm saying. Well, we've seen it's it. It's just right. simple as that. that. That's the thing. And, and these these are the ultimate team sports and. I think the coaches are, I don't know, they're, they're the whole linchpin of the whole thing. Look, I don't think you can get a better team coach, is for, you know, is for a player coach is, is Mike Tomlin. And that brings up another point. Do some of these other teams get rewarded for already having minority coaches, the Ron Rivera's, the Flores, you know, and, and so forth like that. I mean, it, it makes no sense to – all of a sudden reward somebody 10 spots. Well, no, that that's obscene. I, I'm serious. I mean, reward them, period, for anything. When other teams are already doing it, and, and look, I mean, you know, there's been – it needs to be addressed. I understand what you're saying and enhance the Rooney rule, but this just isn't it. Well, no, and that that gets back to the point, Rick. The Rooney rule – Rooney – pooey. Rooney rule. Thank you. The Rooney rule in its spirit is the right thing. It is jarring to me. It's nothing I think about, but when it's pointed out to me, jarring the low percentage of minority head coaches and general man managers that are in the league. And so you need to do something as a league, I, I think, especially now in the climate we live in now. That In any climate, it needs to be done. Here's the problem. I think as the league, you can dictate and try to drive opportunity 
what this is attempting to do is bringing down a sledgehammer and trying to drive and dictate outcomes. See, that isn't the way the world works, right, Rick? So then what this this smacks of to me, and look, I've never been a minority <laughs> in, in any way, but boy, I'm just trying to think if, you know, there became a push to only hire pudgy, balding, middle-aged white guys at a job that wasn't normally, you know, filled by those people, I would feel like you're pandering to me. Right now, at this point, this is pandering. And you put that question over somebody's head who gets hired forever that, you know, were they the best candidate? You made this point. Were they the best choice? Or was this done to move up into get another extra second round pick? If you think Bill Belichick wouldn't find a way to twist this into the New England will have a new GM every year if Bill Belichick has his way and can move into a sec another second round pick every year. That's what I don't like about it. Look, you need to even up and you need to come up with a better way to give minority executives and coaches opportunities. You cannot mandate the outcomes like this. No. That's that's where and this I mean, is how, ridiculous. How offensive is it to somebody that would be offered the job and have to live under that type of scrutiny or suspicion? Well, you only got that job because they wanted to move up. Right, exactly. I mean, how offensive is that saying, you're telling me I'm not good enough, but with the further compensation of draft picks – I'll do. I mean, how offensive can you be? Yeah, that, that, that's that's what I don't. I mean, like that, that's just ludicrous to me, and and I I just don't understand where they think this is benefiting anyone in in the long run, even in the short term. Quite frankly, and and another thing, the NFL makes it so difficult if you think about it. Okay, say you're a team that's folded for the season, whatever. You were 3-13. and 13. Okay, we're getting rid of Rick Flager. I need to start looking for a coach. Well, the, the best possibilities right now, say the four best candidates are offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators, whatever. Um, two, all four of them are on playoff teams. I have no permission to talk to any of them, Okay. You have no, really no idea if you cannot talk to these people, what type of leaders they are. You know, they say, oh, well, you know, Rick Flieger, he can really call plays. He ought to be a good coach. Well, how many times have we seen that fail miserably? Oh, uh, over and over more, again. The majority of the time, right? Um, so, I mean, there's got to be some sort of way – that they can talk to people, and, and, and I get if they're under contract and they're in the playoffs and so forth, they, they have to, I don't know, you have to set the, the deadline back a little bit. That guy doesn't have to be on the job on January 1st to get the job done. Right. If he's, if he's the best possible guy for the job. So either they can slow the whole process down and do it correctly or they're going to have to do something to let them talk to these kind of these candidates before the playoffs are over or before they're actually allowed to, whatever the case may be. And I do think that's on the table, Rick. I heard mention of it. It's not. It's buried in most articles because of the kind of big hammer at the beginning that there is talk of eliminating that, I guess, would you call it a tampering period where – yeah, no, I don't know how that works. So, if tampering is is a really good word for that. Yeah, yeah, I know. If you're my, if I'm the head coach and you're my hot shot play caller, and I'm heading into the AFC Championship game, I'm we're gonna have a problem if you want to go running around cut the country interviewing two those. Exactly. So even if it's allowed, it's going to be a problem. I think. I mean, can there not just be interviews? Cannot be conducted till the Super Bowl is over. Period. 
Well, that's kind of the way I see it. Look, we here we go. Let's let's use this coronavirus as a lesson, right? We now know you can just lock down these facilities and not let anybody do any business. Once right. your team, once week 17's over and you're not in the playoffs, we, we are bolting that thing shut and you're not doing I know it's not realistic. There'll still be stuff going on, but nothing on officially is happening until after the Super Bowl. Until it wraps up, then everybody's on an even playing field. So so look, to get back to this, I I, I do like the idea. I, I like that it's being addressed. Those numbers are jarring when you look at them, but this just this ain't the way to do it. This is this is just pandering. And frankly, even though I'm not a minority, I feel this is insulting. I feel downright like this is insulting that that you put that possibility out there that someone gets hired for any reason other than their qualifications, or worse yet, to your point, those who are, who are hired for their qualifications get questioned on it based upon things like this. This is just ridiculous. It really is. I, I agree 100%. It's insulting to all involved, especially the people that they're claiming benefits. Right, exactly. I, I mean, you know, and, and I just really feel really strongly about this that everything needs to be even across the board but man this just doesn't do it all right rick in typical uh flieger and briggs fashion we've left ourselves a whopping 15 minutes to preview the afc east this year why don't we start where it always starts and ends with the new england patriots it's hardly enough time to really justify covering them but um okay we'll we'll look at the new england patriots and it all the talk of, you know, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and, well, you know, he's old, he's, he's lost a lot. This is still an offense that was ninth in the league in passing last year. Obviously, they had the first overall defense. That defense is still going to be really solid. Everything just hinges on Belichick's draft picks and what he can do with Mr. Stidham or if Cam Newton happens to show up. I, we have no idea on that one. You know, they did um, they did address some more defensive uh, needs um, in the draft. They picked up uh, safety Kyle Duggar and two edge rushers um, that, what was it, Josh Uke, I don't even know the name, from Michigan, uh, and an edge rusher from Alabama that Afferty Jennings, I don't even know a lot about him, but they're already beefing up that defense. It was already number one last year. Um, you know, they, they just did it again in the draft. And this is still going to be a team to be reckoned with in, in the East. Yeah, I, I mean, this I mean, th- this is the most interesting story he- heading into the year. Maybe Tampa, you know, but they, they, they relate together. But really, they didn't do a lot to address an offense that was lacking in weapons. And you took the the driver of that bus, the the engineer of that train out, and you're putting a young, unproven guy in. This is all about him, right? This 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 season will be be the the picture. Do we cement Bill Belichick's genius? Which I think, look, there's no arguing. He's the greatest coach in the league now, and you could argue ever. But you know, where do we go now? Does pride come before the fall here at this point? Because you didn't bring in a lot of offense. The defense is still going to be good, although you let some names go here, right? Rick Van Noy, Collins. Uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, you, you've let some guys go here, but they, they replaced them. They, they always do that in the draft. Something always seems to happen with New England. Yeah, they'll, they'll be really good defensively. They'll have great special teams, even with letting Guskowski go. Is Stidham the guy? Look, because I think you got problems at running back. You know, so, Sony Michelle, for as good as he was at the end of his rookie year, wasn't he second or third from the bottom in terms of yards after first contact last year? And they, they didn't do right. much, if anything, to address that. You know, you're, you're going into a year with uh, Edelman, Sanu, Harry, Marquise Lee at wide receiver. That's a whole bunch of, if you were a fantasy guy six years ago, that's a whole bunch of guys you'd have been excited about, save for Harry. But question marks there, you don't have the big – this all comes down to is Bill Belichick that much of a genius and is Stidham the next guy? I'm not confident of it, but I also don't have the stones to say this team won't win 10 or 11 games anyhow just because they're New England under Belichick and that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, they still have White at running back, and 
I think he was underutilized last year, but, you know, he's still very productive. I, th- I think they'll be okay there. And, but I think it just goes right back to this young quarterback or whoever maybe is the starter. I don't know who it'll be. We just don't know yet. And the question but, is, you know, their biggest offensive weapon probably being Edelman was his success and many guys in that slot in New England like him a result of Tom Brady or is this a Belichick's offense and does the young or a new quarterback have the ability to, to utilize him to, to that regard? I just I do feel like this team's going to have a hard time scoring points and I don't know if you can count on scoring defensive and special team touchdowns every single week oh, like yeah. they did for the first two and a half months of the season last well, year. Well, there's something to be said for chemistry, too, what you talk about with Brady and Edelman, Brady and Gronkowski, right. you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you see it in New Orleans um, with, with Thomas and Breeze. I mean, we've seen other guys come through there, Willie Sneed and so forth. Some of these other guys have come in, did okay in New Orleans, but they don't have that chemistry. Obviously, they're not as talented as, as Thomas either, but you see what I'm getting at. Right. And, and, and they're not going to have that chemistry with Edelman and who's ever quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. At least to start with, anyway. Yeah, so, all right, the team on the uh, – if, if anybody's going to give them a run this year, I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills, Rick. Uh, intriguing team. And uh, Andrew Cuomo today basically said he's going to allow NFL – or Major League Sports to begin in the state of New York because he wants to see the Bills play. So so that that's something, right? <laughs> Look, they were – Good team last year. You know, we talked about New England's defense. Buffalo was third overall in the league. And, um, you know, they went after Zach Moss at the running back position in the draft. They, they were kind of like Pittsburgh. They didn't have a first-round pick, but they got Zach Moss out of Utah. Kind of a Maurice Jones-Drew type. You know, 5'9", 223, that low center of gravity. Not real fast downfield, but he, but I mean he can drop the hammer when he when he gets going. Um, you know, it, again, I mean you, you hate doing the same kind of analysis, but can Josh Allen make that improvement step? That's a big key. Yeah, I mean he has the weapons, right? You, you bring in <laughs> Stephon Diggs. I'll be curious to see how that works. He's been so talented and made so many big plays, but he was so miserable in Minnesota, and I can't imagine Buffalo somewhere, you, the high-powered type of offense for a diva like that to go and, you know, change his attitude. But maybe there'll be a honeymoon period, I'm, I'm hoping. I don't know. They, they got a no, real nice receiving core, though, with Diggs and John Brown and what he did and the kind of reliable guy in Cole Beasley, one of the best defenses in the NFL. They can run the ball. You know, if Moss, you know, you talk about a nice little thunder and lightning, a nice little one-two punch with him, and don't forget Singletary, right? You know, really showed right. out at certain points last year. This team has everything they need to take that next step, and it's a matter of, you know, does Josh Allen become more of a passer? You know, so many of these as we go through over the next several weeks, right, Rick, right, it's going to be about the quarterback position. But with that dynamic, Allen able to run the – I saw something on social media this weekend, Rick, that, that blew my mind. You know Allen and Saquon Barkley were drafted within a couple picks of each other in the same draft. All right. Saquon Josh Allen has had two less starts right. than Saquon Barkley. They had the same amount of rushing touchdowns. True. That's big. These these are things we we praise a Cam Newton for early in his career and he won MVPs and we crushed Josh Allen for this, right? I think Josh Allen is a very Cam Newton like player. And if they get these things rolling and you get the right weapons around a quarterback like this, at least in the short term, you can win football games. This team is built to win. They can run the ball. They brought in a good pass-catching option. They've got a good quarterback. You know, accuracy's a concern, but he can make all the throws. He's a threat to He's run the ball. He's got to get more accurate, no yeah. doubt. And they got a good defense. So, by all rights, in a vacuum, if we could erase our knowledge of everything that happened the last 15 years with New England, Buffalo's probably clearly the best team in this division, but none of us, me included, can bring ourselves to believe that until we see the, the Giants slain in the Patriots. Exactly. I agree 100%. All right. All right, let's move on to your Miami Dolphins. Oh, my Dolphins. I love them, absolutely. Yeah, so – what else is new? It's about the quarterback. Quarterback, you bring in the rookie. Is Tua healthy? Is he ready? 
Do we give him some time off? Do we let Fitzmagic do it a little bit again? Look, this team's got a lot of weapons. Had a great draft, you know, addressed a lot of needs after Tua. Didn't go for the flash. A very, I want to say, professional-looking draft, right? Addressed needs all up and down. The running back position was a question last year. You bring in uh, veterans like Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Jacecki emerging as a really good pass-catching tight end, which is something I love to have when I have a rookie or a young quarterback with some question marks. Look, defensively, I'm not sure they're there yet. You got some good weapons, and Parker, Devontae Parker started to roll into what we expected him to be coming out of college last year. Preston Williams, Albert Wilson, these are good receivers, not great receivers. This is going to be an intriguing team. They're young. They're a couple years away. But I don't think this is a laughing stuff. You figure last year in a tanking season, what, they win five games, Rick? Four or five they games? They won five games last year with Very the 30th, well. ranked, 30th ranked defense in the league and the 27th ranked offense dead last in rushing. You brought that up. They already brought in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. They addressed the, the offensive line with three draft picks and um, you know, some real road graders to, to help out. I, I think you certainly definitely start off with Fitzpatrick. I think he gives you that team the best chance to win. And there's no reason in the world to throw Tua in there when you're still rebuilding. Let the veteran take the bumps give you the better chance to win immediately. He can learn, learn the offense, get a few tips. I, I think they're intriguing. They're not there yet. I agree with you, but I'll tell you what, they could certainly pull a few upsets here or there and um, make some noise in actually who wins that division. Yeah, I, I think so. They're, they're probably a couple years away, but you got the young quarterback. If Tua works out eventually, obviously really well coached. When you look at the offseason they had going into last season with almost the, we all agreed, the plan to tank the season and still manage to win five football games, it's a really well coached team, a good young core coming in. This team could finally, I feel like the league's better when Miami's good. I miss Dan the yeah. Dan Marino days. I want the Dolphins to be good at football. And, and, and let's not forget what a year Preston Williams was having before he went out with that ACL. Right. They get him back. Hopefully he's healthy. And Albert Wilson to go along with um, Devontae Parker. And their running back core, all of a sudden they have a few weapons there. Yeah, so they can keep up with teams, and as these, this defense gets some age on it, and that and they're they're coached well, they're, they're an intriguing team. And a team I don't find intriguing is Rick, your New York Football <laughs> Jets. How did I know they were going to be mine? <laughs> but, but again, you know this AFC East seventh overall defense in the division. I mean, they had three top ten defenses in that league or in that division last year. And, uh, you know, the Jets are still stingy when it comes to defense. But offensively, they were horrible. 31st in the run, 27th in the pass, 32nd overall in the league. You know, they brought in Denzel Mims from Baylor to help bolster the wide receiving core. But Robbie Anderson's gone. So, to me, you know, maybe a bit of an upgrade, but you still lost a weapon. Um, you know, they did, all, they did bring in Becton from Louisville, 6'7", 364 offensive line. But... You know, it doesn't seem like they really made any huge moves. And, you know, I, I think they're a seller-dweller team right now. Yeah, I like they, – they can still play defense, and this is what the Jets did. And even in all these lean years, they, they've played some really good defense, and that defense has only gotten better. You know, another year for Sam Darnold. I question the coaching here. I, I catch him – I catch him, or I question, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> God, this is a terrible show. Yeah, I question question Adam Gase. You know, the, the can't seem to work with Le'Veon Bell. They assign Le'Veon Bell to this big long term deal, and this guy can't crap on him enough. When you know Bell's the type of guy that needs his ego stroked, he doesn't seem Bell with or without that doesn't seem to have the motivation. You bring in Frank Gore, who's a week and a half older than you, Briggs, but still still keeps getting it done. I do like bringing in Perryman, so the offense, but I think that's a good swap out for Robbie Anderson probably. Maybe he can stay on the field a little longer would be the only upgrade there. It's going to be another thin year, and I think Gase is on his way out the dough when this thing's over. Tell me any team that would have Le'Veon Bell as their starting running back an average under 80 yards rushing a game. Right. It's stupidity. I mean, 
it, it, it really is. I mean, it's ludicrous to the to the max. And they bring in Frank Gore, like you said, he's just a little bit younger than I am. And what is this going to do? I mean, always, I mean, he'll, he'll snipe goal line takeaways from Le'Veon Bell, and that doesn't stroke Le'Veon's ego at no, all. Exactly. So, uh, uh, trouble in paradise. Yeah, so, and uh, just and even when Bell's there, he's not utilized the right way. He wasn't utilized no. much in the passing game. You know, a guy like Darnold who's having trouble accuracy wise, they've had trouble protecting him and nothing to sure. what I still think is the best pass catching back short of Austin Eckler in the league and they're not using it. It's just it's a poorly coached team. Great case in point, Kenyon Drake's use in Miami when Gase was there. He goes to Arizona. Right. He saw the type of year that he had and He's really moving up on people's fantasy draft boards, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, Le'Veon Bell's taking a dive. Yep. All right. Well, that was uh, short on sports, Rick, but uh, long on me gum flapping and yelling and cursing and carrying on. So it was a typical uh, Flieger and we Briggs like type that. of show. So it's kind of what we do. So thanks so much for joining us. Hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy Darlington on Wednesday. We'll be back next week. Preview the uh, NFC East if we can stop yelling and cursing long enough to get that in and maybe uh, many others. Check out everything at 12 Ounce Sports at 12 OZ Sports, 12 Ounce Sports network.com at asylum football on twitter it's just sports one two three at gmail and asylum fantasy sports.com until next time we're all in this together we'll see ya Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh,